there are so many different parts to nature, including us. Um, it is incredibly dynamic it, it, and everything is serves a purpose in the ecosystem, right? We can't say that one thing is more important than the other. It is, it's not a hierarchy in that way. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing, and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories, and memories, which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is a space for women, feminine and non-binary people who are black, indigenous, people of colour to explore their relationship with nature. Thank you. Hello, good morning. Well, it's morning for me. Who knows when you will hear this. But yeah, it is morning here and it is a beautiful morning. We are in June here in the UK and we have been having a spell of lovely, bright, light, warm weather. Um, and you know, <laughs> I say it's lovely, it's good and oh yeah, you know, is it the summertime? Um, but at the same time, there's a, a little sort of like itch at the back of my head saying hmm this is unseasonably warm for this time of year hmm is this got something to do with the climate crisis you know um so it's that i don't know it's that tension it's that conflict within that um i suppose i do it daily it is a daily thing always having that conflict within like how you're feeling um and is that justified or does that marry up with your integrity and your morals and your values <laughs> yeah because i think and this is just i'm just thinking this now it's the case of um if it came down to 
saving the planet, the earth, to healing Mother Nature. It meant that we didn't have warm days, that we had to have rain or overcast. Um, you know, still light, obviously. Um, I think I would go for that because it would be a compromise or it would be a slight inconvenience, let's put it that way, if we knew that life would continue, that life would regenerate. Yeah, I'm just waffling on here, but regeneration is something that I do well, I don't actually do the talking. It's our current guest that does the talking. Mindy Sonas. This conversation, man, it was... I say within it, when Mindy drops one lines of wisdom and it's like a bomb exploding inside my head, my heart, my soul. Well, this, this whole episode, man, is food. For my soul, for my curiosity, for my childlike wonder, for my, oh my gosh, my heart, the whole shebang. It is magic. There's magic here. And we mentioned magic as well in that seed state. How there is that essential need within the creative practice to be in the darkness, to bed down, to hibernate, to retreat, to rest. Um, and it looks from the outside that nothing's happening, but it's all happening within, just like those seeds that are planted within the deep earth and this richness that does come out when it's ready to come out. You don't have to be producing all the time, but when the time's right, that seed will flourish. And I see this conversation with Mindy as the beginning. Seeds have been planted with this conversation. And we will come back to Mindy because we're just going to keep building layer upon layer upon layer upon what Mindy be, who she bees um, and what she does. And that shift in being <laughs> does change from moment to moment. But in this episode with Mindy, we're talking about belonging and how this is a complex and complicated state of being in a sense because because of the systems that we're in at the moment where there's inequalities oppression capitalism um we are fed this line that we need we need to belong obviously but it's something that is outside of us, something that is going to be achieved, something that has been individualized and something that has been commodified. And what Mindy presents here is that, hey, we all already belong. By being here with our interconnectedness, it's not conditional. We all already belong. And this is you know something that we can learn from nature how everything is in interconnected and everything is essential this is mindy a maker creative space holder for other people a cultural organizer who believes in art and its alchemy yeah to bring about 
healing and also change, radical change. And we talk about radical in this episode. Um, and this is our last conversation and we're coming back in the autumn with conversations. But that doesn't mean that I've forgotten my commitment that I made at the beginning of 2023 to make sure that every month that we bring out an episode from the podcast. And I'm sticking to it. Oh yeah, I'm sticking to it. So it just means over the summer months, July, August, September maybe, that we will have again some solo mini episodes where I am being open, vulnerable and honest and talking about my learning around permaculture design. Yeah, so I'll talk about a bit, little bit more about that um, within the episode. Oops! But this just feeds in. I mean, like, I was editing this episode with Mindy and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have curated episodes, conversations with beautiful people that I have needed to to fill my pot but also help me and my learning and healing journey and it's almost like that beacon or that siren that you're sending out yeah it's that pulsing energy that you're sending out and that how it is attracting other people who match that energy who satisfies that energy who um enlightens and inspires that energy and i just feel like all the episodes that we've curated so far this year and it's still just half the year through has been um just what i've needed um for my own well-being and health and growth and i just want to take this time now to thank everyone who has shown up for these different episodes and also to thank you for showing up and listening to these episodes and I hope you're listening you're getting something out of it helping you on your journeys and also I hope you're sharing it man don't let don't keep this juiciness to yourself share it far and wide and as always if you've got any comments got any feedback got anything that you'd like to be hearing from the podcast just get in touch man just get in touch you know me very approachable very open so yeah so let's just get into this episode as i say it's juicy and you might want to be keep listening stopping making some notes coming back yeah this is ones that you want to be keep circling back to because i know i'm gonna be all right then thanks for being here until next time bye for now been so looking forward to this but welcome welcome me thank you so first of all you know I like to set off like where are you situated in the world and do you see anything of nature where you are sitting now all right yes it's always good to place yourself right and place in and of itself is such a complex thing but for right now I'm at my kitchen table here in Boston, Massachusetts. I actually live a bit north of the city, but for all intents and purposes around Boston. And it's a cloudy day. I have a big picture window that I look out on that looks over my little 
backyard, which is a sweet spot of grass and a couple of garden boxes. Mm -hmm. And it's enough. It's enough. And there's lots of birds. And I can see squirrels. We have a squirrel feeder. Uh, there's life happening outside this window every day. And I find myself wherever I am, I'm often looking for that touch of the natural world, like what's going on out there, that sign of life, right? Just to remind you that we can get so stuck in our own stories and in our own day-to-days that, you know, the world is turning, things are happening, leaves are growing, it's, you know, spring here. And even though it's cloudy, it's still, it has that beautiful energy of the sap is rising, the flowers are beginning to bloom. And so it's lovely to have that cue right outside my window. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds so beautiful. And it make, it does remind me because I, I do seem to flock to my window and see what's happening out there. I feel like I've been indoors too much. Then I flock to my window or as it has been a day, I've managed to get out. And I have felt that that energy that you've been saying, that quickening, you know, and it helps with the light. But also it, there is that. I don't know that, I don't know if that smell or that sense of hope in the air in that is growing. So thank you for that reminder. Awesome. And I know like I have an issue about defining myself. That's why I say I'm a a creatrix because it either people just nod and just let it slide off or they ask a question. So we have to have a dialogue, a conversation around it, you know. So I don't like to define people or to say, what do you do? Because I'm much more leaning in who do you be? You know, so in all of that thing there, if you would like to define yourself or tell us who you be a little bit more from where you're situated and then. Mm, That's just a tiny little question, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. We're starting slow, (laughs) little steps to build up, (laughs) but it can be as big as small as you want it to be honest. Keep talking. I'm just listening, mate. Well, let's see. I feel like who I am being changes moment to moment, day to day. So there's that piece. I feel like being is, you know, never a static thing. So today I feel like my being is deeply rooted in this season, uh, really waking up from a long winter fallow season of quiet, introspection, introversion, uh, deep creative work that looks like sitting on the sofa, watching TV or listening to music, right? It doesn't look like much on the outside. There's no productivity or less productivity, but I feel like those seasons are so important and really deeply creative on the inside. So really being in that space and some of the identities I walk through the world with are Um, Asian American, Korean American adopted person, transracial adopted person, mother, woman, feminist, queer, lots of juicy things. Um, And I think the nuances of all of these labels that we use to define ourselves are always expanding, contracting, changing, right? The boundaries and edges are always kind of moving and blurring rearranging themselves so I'm in that space too of really 
being open and listening to what my being wants to sort of present itself and express itself in any given moment. Oh my gosh, that that was so, such. I'm like here, I'm nodding. Yeah, man, everything there. And I just loved how he says, well, my being in this moment today and how you actually acknowledge, because a lot of people do not acknowledge that we are always shifting and changing. It does bring up fear in a lot of people, I think, the changing and shifting of our boundaries. And I think that's why people put it upon us well, you're such and such and you're this, to keep us in that place, keep it static. But it's for them, not us. It's because that changing is a fearful thing. And it also throws back a reflection on somebody else. It's like, so how are you changing? Are you going to admit that you're changing? And I think it's a good thing, man. Yeah. And And I love that you brought in that creative element of we do need those fallow fallow periods and I never used to link in with these seasonal cyclical changes where we need that rest and fallow period and I call it my hibernation me and I go into my cave and it is it's when we're doing that creative work within and and to anyone else it might look like I'm snoozing or my (laughs) eyes are half closed but you know there's magic happening inside True. I feel like most of my magic is sort of in that seed state, right? Deep in the earth and nourished by the dark and the possibility. Like that seed state is so rich um, and so important. And for so long, I used to really get on myself about because it wasn't, it didn't look like good work. It didn't look like making things actively that, you know, I was either in a slump or uninspired. I didn't understand that as really an essential part of the creative life cycle and being a creative spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And I so appreciate that now. I also share telling other people as well, you know, in the sense of like, I don't know. I'm giving my permission to do it. You should too, man. You know, you'll feel the best, you know. So I'm so, so pleased that we have met kindred spirit there in you. Yes. What I must say about you, I read your stuff and it can be just one line and you drop a bomb for me. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that has just totally changed my way of thinking. Now, I know I'm a Patreon supporter. Shout out to Patreon, you're on there. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) But you put something on and it's around everything that you're doing now. And I don't want to say the word yet, but in, in the recent one, you said, put yourself in the way of beauty. And that was a a quote that you got from Cheryl Stade. Yeah. Um, And how that is reminding us to be open to this possibility we've mentioned possibility of everywhere anywhere even in the ugliness we can find beauty and yes. what you did is where you switched it now in the sense of we must put ourselves in the way of belonging yeah and what that buzz that that one sentence that you dropped is like we all already belong and that was like for me no no kids of a lie honestly and it's like when you have that total shift in your way and I don't want to say thinking feeling it is being it is like showing up into a space it's like hey I belong already now can you because you're you 
for me, I see all your work around this um, collective belonging, belonging and community. So can you unpack it, please, for our listeners of what you mean when you say we all already belong? Yes. Oh, it's a doozy. This is a really complex and complicated one because I think we are all brought up inside a culture of belonging that is created by systems of inequity, oppression, capitalism, right? All these systems that seek to extract us, things from us, and also create scarcity. And with a scarcity mindset, we are always seeking to belong. Like it's something that isn't ours. It's outside of us. It's somewhere else. It's in another place. It's someplace I can, you know, buy a ticket to or go to a retreat and belong or be in this group and then I'll belong. But what really is the truth is if we take all the layers of these systems away, take away the patriarchal systems and the monetary systems and the systems of commodification of making belonging into a thing. Belonging is really our existence together. It is our interdependence. It is our interconnection. It is our part of the vast ecosystem of nature that we are inherently a part of. We couldn't remove ourselves from that if we tried. So in that way, when I say we all already belong, that's really what I mean. And what my work has been is to really dismantle these stories about how we don't belong and the ways belonging operates under oppression um, has been really fulfilling and eye-opening. And, you know, as I said, really complicated and, and nuanced. You just explained it there and when you say that it's like yeah it's simple it's for me it's like when my eyes have been opened about the system around me I can't close them anymore because I am just it's worse I think when you know when you see and you just perpetuate it you know there's all right doing it blindly if you've been hoodwinked and you know duped I like to say I've been duped so long (laughs) And I was so angry about that. But now it's been like the blinkers are off or or I've peeked behind the veil. It's like, no, no, I can't carry on that way anymore. So to get this, I don't know, these these confident, powerful political statements that come out of you that but actually land in my soul and my gut is like, yeah, man. Yeah, I belong. I belong. And that's totally shift me. And what was also, you know, that I love when I've got the language to discuss things because then, you know, you know it's happening or you know you're feeling it, but you're not, you don't have the the words to, you know, because we do need to, to dialogue about it because that's yeah. when things become clearer. Language but, is so important. Isn't it just, and it's powerful as well. Yes. And excludery and all that jazz, but self-segregating. Yeah. And like, Damn. <laughs> I have been doing that. Yeah, I'm we all do conditioned to do that. So so for me, my example was okay, I've started doing permaculture design. 
And what was the beef with me was like these white guys saying, do this and do that and having the privilege of land. And, you know, we could do this. And I'm thinking, but you're taking tools and practices from indigenous cultures that have been doing it for centuries and you're not giving them the props, you know? So I was mad. So I had to voice it. And then ever since then, I've been like, you know, I've been (laughs) in the circles, but I've been thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've been racist, you've been colonial, you know? And I've been... (laughs) (laughs) But in that process, I am denying myself by building up that wall. I am denying myself the engagement, the connection, the, what I need. And yeah, so that's my example. But you, you do you self, are you self segregating yourself or have you been self segregating yourself in certain situations? If you'd like to share. Absolutely. So self segregation comes from our sense and our need for safety. And one of the really confusing things about belonging is that we have in a culture where belonging is so scarce and belonging seems so difficult, we are in dire need of safety. And of course, you know, we talk about certain spaces as safe spaces, which I think is a complex thing. Um, And, you know, just this constant need for safety because we, I think, are constantly under attack of these different systems that are creating harm in so many different ways. And a lot of them are really subconscious and not overt. So we're experiencing and feeling this disconnection and this harm within us that comes out as not feeling like we belong. Mm -hmm. So when we self-segregate, It is also, it's our nervous system trying to find safety, right? Saying like, oh no, this doesn't feel right. You know, this person isn't safe or this situation isn't safe and this isn't going to be good for me and I don't belong here and I don't belong there. But what the truth is, is yes, we absolutely need to navigate our boundaries, um, which are often tricky to fine tune, right? Because a boundary that we set with intention and care and awareness is what we need. But what we often do is we put up walls and that is not a boundary, that's a self-segregation. So when we put up walls as a reaction to not feeling safe, that's how we get in the way of our own belonging. We can't, we don't allow ourselves to belong because we're letting all these stories or these conditions like, this has to be, you know, a certain way and they have to have all share all my beliefs and they have to share all my interests and they have to come from the same, you know, we, we create all these different conditions under which um, only belonging can then exist. But then that's not really belonging. That's conditional belonging, right? We create conditions where we're belonging in spaces where we're kind of all the same, mm-hmm. but sameness isn't co- collective belonging. Collective belonging is inherently diverse. It includes all of us. It needs all of us. Mm-hmm. So self-segregation in, in terms of belonging is definitely a tool of commodification, division, separation, and a culture that really wants to keep us as far apart from each other as possible as a tool of oppression. Mm-hmm. And you know we see this in systems that really want us to do everything on our own, right? It's all about rugged individualism. Like everything is about self-help. Everything is about self-care. Everything is about everything related to the self, meaning you're responsible for all of it. 
when we really need to be practicing how we lean on each other, how we have community care, how we have, you know, collective story, collective spaces and safety. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm feeling is a case of your what you're saying and what you're putting out there. It, it for me is is unique or is it seems to be from my point of view I mean I'm not plugged into everything who could be but it seems to be such a unique vital voice but like a lone voice um so then you've mentioned that idea because you've got ecology and ecosystem and this is like with nature and how and what you just said about self-care self-care is community care so this is all for me it's like what are we get learning well I want to know for you what are you learning from nature and I'm not even going to say the natural world right because like there is no natural world or the human world there's just one world and we're all in it you know <laughs> we're all that ecosystem but what are you learning from nature or how does that feed into your practice not just in your self-care but how you're generating and creating this community. Yes. So a big piece of it in answer to your previous question about do I self-segregate? And I I know I do it all the time in ways that I don't even notice, um, in ways where I'm constantly bumping up to my own reasons why, oh, I can't go there and I can't be with these people. And, you know, write all the stories that we create. But when I look to nature and how vast and diverse and how really everything is essential, I mean, there are so many different parts to nature, including us. Um, it is incredibly dynamic it, it, and everything is serves a purpose in the ecosystem, right? We can't say that one thing is more important than the other. It is it's not a hierarchy in that way. And so I really look to that, those examples directly, you know, in everything around us and how we're functioning to really bring that and reframe the stories about how we think about, you know, belonging in the spaces that we feel like we belong to. And if we can look to the earth and just say, I belong here, because it's absolutely true, it really helps sort of shift that perspective every time you need it. And it's a, it's a practice. It's definitely not something like you're aware of suddenly and then all of a sudden you feel like you belong everywhere you go. It's definitely not like that, <laughs> especially where systems are constantly pushing back against that saying, you don't belong here. You don't belong there. This kind of person isn't welcome here. And all of this, you know, those things that we're navigating under, you know, dominant narratives. But to go back to nature, to go back to what is the biological imperative of everything living and non-living spirit energy around us is we're just all interconnected inextricably. And those kind of practices really help me to really just deeply resetting and rooting into not only just the quote unquote living natural world, but also, you know, the invisible, the mystery, the energetic, the spiritual, the animist, all those things are really important to my practice as well. 
Oh, cool. Thank you for that. And I'm glad that you used the word practice. I'm all I'm all about the practice. Yes. <laughs> you know, in that process of becoming, and it's a case of like we're on this journey and like it's not much. I know I'm not gonna get to that end point. It's that it's those the process within that journey in that process of becoming that is the most important thing for me and and I'm I'm sensing it might be for you too absolutely Absolutely. it's the being it's the being in every changing shifting moment um and you know context entirely matters right because we can only be in relationship to what's around us we don't be in a vacuum we be in relationship to the plants, to the people, to the energies, right? Everything. So it's always about relationship as well. Mm-hmm. I do have difficulty with, and it's a practice and, you know, but it's a case of like, we are enmeshed within the system that we're in, aren't we? But what we're trying to do here, and this might be your radical with an E at the end of radical coming in is it's like, how do we, um create a different way of being a different world a different yeah a different be- way of being while we're still enmeshed in this system that we're in in you know I find I'm doing this dance it's almost like I'm double dutching you know <laughs> like I pop into one system and agitate ask some questions and then I have to pop out into this where I'm centered or where I can do things on my own terms to gain that sustenance to gain that maybe imagination of imagining other ways of being to come back in and agitate you know so it is it's that dance and for me self-care is in there and I don't mean my bubble baths I mean I like my bubble baths but it is that journaling it is that um eating good food plants I'm vegan you know to sustain the work that I do so you can you explain one you're radical with an e and what that means and how (laughs) how you sustain yourself. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And it's easy to get fired up, right, about all of this because there's so much. But (laughs) radical, um, R-A-D-I-C-L-E, actually um, entomologically as a, you know, the root of that word specifically is in reference to the scientific root embryo of a plant. So the part of the seed that becomes a plant is called the radical. So that is actually where the word radical, R-A-D-I-C-A-L, comes from. It comes from this other form of the same word. And when we speak about both terms in terms of, you know, the things that I use that word with, it really is about getting to the root of things, right? Of these systems, of these stories, like where is this all coming from? What is it generated? Because if we're only dealing with the outside, the superficial aspects of of things, we're never going to be able to change anything. So part of, you know, really being able to, for me, care for my own energy, my own sense of joy, my own sense of movement in all of the things that are really hard and can be heavy um, is in remembering the roots and like the roots 
in terms of a natural scent, the roots in terms of the systems, the roots in terms of the broader picture and context and the roots of how we're all interconnected. So I love just thinking about that picture. And one thing I want to say about self-care is there's nothing wrong with self-care. And every time I get in a room and say that self-care is really collective care, people start get, getting really upset because they think I'm taking away their bubble bath. And that's not it at all. We, all, we If you need a bubble bath and I'm a bath person, that's amazing. That is one way that you can definitely care for yourself. Um, and I want to also interject that those kinds of self-care things are really about regulating our nervous systems because these systems throw our systems off. So I'm just throwing that out there. But taking a bubble bath in terms of self-care doesn't change the roots of these issues. It does address how they might trigger us, how they might you know, wear on our own ability to deal with things in our everyday life. So we have to go back to, you know, trying to re-regulate. Then otherwise finding ways to, like you said, use your imagination to be generative is how I combat um, really getting succumbing and really getting mired by the weight and the, the huge task it is to bump up against these systems. It's easy to get sucked into the funnel of like fight or flight and really be in that trauma response against the systems. And I've definitely been there before myself. And I'm after more and more practice, I am better at staying with the generative energy. And this is what I use my creativity for all the time now. It really helps me stay in that practice of imagining, creating, co-creating with others. Like what's possible besides all these things that we're trying to deal with on a daily basis that are so harmful and hard. There's nothing, we, the antidote is to imagine and believe and renew and create something different. So that's where I try to pour my energy and that's nature as well. You see nature creating itself and, you know, regenerating itself all the time. Awesome. Yo, and I didn't know that about radical either. Yes, I yes. love that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. So we are coming to the end here, but I'll, I usually ask is like, have you got anything coming up as an offering or what you want to share that you're doing that you're really pumped about and you want to tell <laughs> people, you know, what you really am buzzing on, buzzing on? So I'm really trying to hone in how um, different ways to use my creative practices. I love doing collage and mixed media. Um, and sharing those as practices of co-creation and interconnection and collective belonging. So these are practices that are not just about self-introspection, but also about how these stories that we tell about ourselves and are what we create connect us in you know, the broader sense. So I love those practices in community because they bring up nuggets and, and gems of wisdom that can cross cultures and differences you know, it's really about the human experience in those cases. And so having more opportunities to play inside of creativity and really make those human connections is something I love to do. So I am in the process of, you know, getting together more creative offerings online for doing collage work together. And then also um, I'm working on a 
book proposal. So that's coming down the line and those things don't happen quickly, but um, working on getting all this this information and understanding that uh, that has been developing over the years around collective belonging specifically because everything we understand about belonging, it comes from an I perspective, the individual idea of belonging, do I belong? And what we really need going forward, this more generative kind of belonging is the we, how do we belong? What does it look like to belong together as a collective, as a human collective, as a natural collective, right? With the, with the, everything around us. Yeah. That's what I'm really digging deep into. Yeah, man. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling it from you now, but I'm also feeling it from what you actually put out. And, you know, you, you put yourself out there so generously. So thank you. And I do feel that we are a we, you know, and when I'm faltering or feeling, you know, <laughs> I come back to you. I do. I come back to you. Oh, and you just me. So thank you. And thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me because, um, you know, hopefully we can reconnect as well and, and bring you back on, you know, as this develops, because it is for me, it is rooted in nature and that connection between humans and yep. plants. Absolutely. And, and so and just I want to also recognize that this isn't new work. It might be emerging work in terms of the social language and general understanding kind of where we're headed. But this is really all about indigenous practices, right? Indigenous people all over the world and in, in all lands were communing with the earth, were belonging collectively, were interconnected and interdependent and built their lives around that. So I just want to deeply honor and state that that's where we're heading back to. But in terms of the current cultural language of belonging, we haven't really understood belonging as a collective issue. We've only tried to get at it, understand it, reach for it as an individual. Yes. And so it's not, reach, you know, yes. and it's not, yes. man. It's now. It's how I'm, I'm belonging now. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. we, belong. we belong thank you mindy for your time thank you very much thank you so much for having me such a joy such a joy